Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I'm grateful for this opportunity, and I thank the volunteers who make this possible. I was a Latter-day Saint for over 60 years, and I love the LDS people. And we know that there are faithful Latter-day Saints who are questioning and leaving the church for various reasons, some because of doctrine or um, because of church history, some because they can't keep the commandments, and some because they just don't fit in or feel good enough. And I think our guest tonight falls into that category. As we'll hear, there's an interesting story here about time spent in the church, and, and, um, and so we appreciate her coming, and it's Teresa Hansen. Thank you very much for being here tonight. You're welcome. And uh, appreciate you sharing your story a little bit with us. You were born in the church. Your parents were mm -hmm. active yep. members. and. Um, my mother grew up in Edgemont. Um, pretty much back then it was all farmland. Where's that at? Near Provo? It's, it's Provo, Orem area. There's a upper, I guess, plot of land and it's called Edgemont. And there's, oh. right now there's hundreds of houses. It all yeah. used to be farmland. And her parents were active in the church, uh -huh. had raised her in the church. And so yes. it was normal for you to be baptized at age eight, I guess. And Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my whole family was, um, all my brothers and sisters were baptized. And just it's just history. That's just what you do. Just the thing you do. How many yeah. brothers and sisters did you have? I have two brothers and one sister. And did they stay active in the church? No. No? None of them? And, you, and of course, them. you haven't either. So no. have they all come to the, to the Lord? Is it... My sister just was baptized last year. As a Christian. In, as a Christian. Oh. So they have, my two <laughs> brothers are still wandering. They're still um, searching. Yeah. You know. Well, so you went to primary and did some of those things as a, a young person, but I understood you, you moved a lot as a family. Um, pretty much, yes. Um, I look at it as I didn't uh, stay in one place long enough to go to school all year long at the same school. Oh. So I moved quite a bit. So I never really got to know, you know, too many friends or um, stay in a place. That, Very long. Uh, That's kind of hard to grow up, isn't it? To, that uh, way. Yeah, it's, it is. You just, you just learn to adjust. You're always the new kid in school. Kid, yeah. That's always hard. Mm -hmm. We always, seemed like we weren't as friendly to the young, the new kids as much as those that we knew it's, before. As, it just takes time. Yeah. It just takes time. And so where, where did you travel? Uh, where did you? Uh, mostly um, Provo. My father was raised in uh, downtown Provo area. Mm. And so we lived quite a few places there. And then Orem, quite a few places. And then my mom settled in Salt Lake City um, okay. for most of the Now, was your dad's parents active in the church, too? Um, I don't remember them being too active. Um, a little bit. Yeah. There was there was a little. I mean, it, I think mostly it's just that history. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just where they were, and yeah, you know, the Mormon. That's what you do, yeah. Mormon pioneer stock. Pretty and much. All that. Yeah. Were you generation? Mm -hmm. Did you have pioneers in generation, your family? Generation, yes. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather's brother 
moved to Colorado City and became a polygamist. Oh my. <laughs> was, did that ever influence any of the other family members? Um, no, I think, I think they tried, but it <laughs> just never... <laughs> yeah. they, I think right now they all live in uh, Mexico. Oh, they City. do now? They moved from Colorado City down to Mexico. I so think they were part still, of that transition. That still moved. in it there. Mm-hmm, heavily, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you were sharing with me the fact that doing all this moving around, you didn't really establish much roots in the church either. Mm-mm. And it was kind of difficult, I guess, to, to maintain that relationship with the church too. Intermittently, it was everywhere we went, we would always try, yeah. you know, but it wasn't long enough to develop any kind of long-term relationships. And your mom was a single mom. Mm -hmm. How many kids was she raising then? Four. Wow. Mm -hmm. That must have been difficult and for her. It was a struggle. It was a struggle most of the time. Um, It kept us close and close-knit. She had a very large family. She had, uh, she came from a family of 10. Wow. And so did my father. Wow. So So a um, lot of, uh, again, a lot of church history and mm -hmm. a lot of, but you kind of rebelled early on, it sounds like, Uh, right? Yeah. (laughs) From your story. So tell us a little bit about. I kind of look at it as, I knew that's not what I wanted. I don't, I remember seeing the whole thing as, that's what God was. And it was a lot of judgment, a lot of hypocrites, hypocrites. And um, it didn't really feel like I was worth very much. You, um, you believed in God then, did you? I think I did. Yeah. I think there was some sense. That it's it's like inborn in you, I think. But and to me, that's I didn't really want any part of that. If that's what they say God was, I didn't really yeah. think that so was right. So nothing about Joseph Smith or the Book of Mormon. I don't remember appealed. hearing very much about any no, of that stuff. Nothing about Jesus. And Mm-mm. Don't remember hearing the word Jesus. I mean, I don't think at all. Well, I guess Latter-day Saints out there would say you just weren't listening, or do you think? Could be. I wasn't there long enough. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I think it just depends on, you know, your circumstances. But like you say, it's just kind of the thing to do. I mean, it was the tradition Mm -hmm. of the family, and everybody just kind of followed along. Just follow the herd. Well, what made it, I wonder what was in your personality to challenge things the way you did and, and at an early age, right? You, uh, oh, even yeah. in high school, you were a little Very, rebellious. Yeah, and, re- rebellious. Yeah. Um, I think, well, from my experiences, it, it's it's typical. It's you don't want part of that, and so you just okay. There's something else there. You just go search what the world has, and the world dishes out a lot of um, unhappiness. A huh? lot of unhappiness. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of frustration, doesn't it? So, uh, and then throughout, then throughout high school and, and so on, you, you palled around with your LDS friends, I guess, when you moved into those areas? Um, no. No, Mm-mm. not much? No, it was always the rebellious crowd. Oh, yeah. I was, I got into uh, stuff I definitely should not have gotten into yeah. and just followed what was there, what was there at the time, yeah. which wasn't, wasn't good. It was a lot of rebellion. I'm but, sure. Parents, grandparents may have been not happy with all your choices. So what did you, uh, what did you end up doing after high school? Well, I got pregnant in high school, oh. and I went to a young mother's uh, high school and didn't graduate from that, but um, just started working and just kind of plugging along. Met uh, a man in my early, well, I was 19, I believe, got married and just started raising, raising a family. Well, was he LDS? Mm, um. No, 
So you never he was kind of, a, you just find one another. We found two rebellious <laughs> people and... <laughs> and you just got <laughs> together. Huh? Got together and just raised raised a family. I had uh, a daughter previously and then yeah. we had two, two boys. Wow. So... And during this time, this was in your early 20s, I guess, mm -hmm. were you active in any church at this point? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely zero. There was no... You feel like you were not burned out, but were you kind of scorched or torched or whatever um, you might say about religion? Or what oh, do you yeah. think you were thinking you don't, about? Your, your ears close to, uh, I guess, what we thought was the norm. You just, you just close your ears. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to... You don't want to feel that judgment. You don't want to. You just go run amok. You just yeah. do whatever you, yeah. whatever you feel like doing, you know. And you don't. You're not ruled. There's no, there's no governor on your life. Yeah. You know. You just. And, and no guilt. Was there no, any much guilt with it? No. Or did you feel sorry that you weren't keeping the church? You just stay away from those people. Oh. You just stay away from. <laughs> avoid the. Avoid it. You just avoid uh, what. They say is right, and yeah. you know. Okay, here's the explanation. Here's the one-liner. Here, <laughs> I was righteous in my wrongdoing, and or justified. You mean righteous? Justified. Yeah. I was righteous in my wrongdoing. Yeah. I justified it to not feel the guilt, and the, and the, you know, I just you just keep motivating life. Well, because you can't really live really for very long I wouldn't think with a, a great amount of guilt because then mm -hmm. that becomes so depressing and so you're not able to even function it, if you do that yeah. so it's easier just to probably slough it off and and just kind of go about your your way because you knew what your family history was mm -hmm. and I what, knew my family what they history. expected and what they would have hoped for you um, so then after you raised the three children you how, how did that go and I mean you were um family going along okay they weren't at all in the church right? no mm -mm. um actually my neighbor baptized my daughter i really didn't i didn't even go to it i didn't want any, absolutely nothing to do with it but the didn't daughter was that my my neighbor sought enough and she asked and inquired and my daughter wanted to i think a lot of that too was peer pressure she wanted to be like everybody else and so yeah. she and i was okay you know if that's what she wants to do okay. i didn't stop her so she was baptized i wasn't there Wow. And um, we just, after that, it just kind of died. And so how long of on. a period were you kind of in this transition um, of life? I was married for 20 years. And again, nothing, no religion, no God, no Jesus? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No study nothing. or anything? No. Nope. Did you ever, anything ever happen during that time that kind of made you think about God or Jesus or anything? Towards, towards the end of my marriage, the beginning of the divorce. Yeah. Um, I realized that wasn't really where I should be. You I started to question um, my life. I started yeah. to look back. And just, I wanted more. Just didn't feel like you'd been getting. I wasn't full. Yeah. I was empty. I was tired. I was lost. Mm. I could tell that something was missing. I didn't, I wasn't at peace. I wasn't happy. Wow. I was miserable, totally miserable. And I thought I was, I was okay as far <laughs> as like living. I mean, I wasn't yeah. really doing any egregious yeah. things wrong, you know. 
but I could tell there was an empty hole. And this was after 20 years of marriage. Did you think about going back to the Mormon church then? Um, I actually at attempted to. Actually, I did exactly what my history and my mom used to do. Yeah. Every time she got in trouble, she would go, go ask for help. So that's what I did. And right in the dead center of my, um, I'm going to call it my humbling experience, yeah. uh, something I never expected, kind of ripped the rug out from under me, I went to the local bishop and I asked, you know, for some help. and Financial help. Financially, and um, it's the only thing I knew. And spiritual help? Were you saying, telling him that um, you felt lost? And most of it was financial. I was, yeah. I was pretty, uh, I don't know the word for it. Um, <laughs> I just did what I saw other people do, I guess. Yeah. Just go ask for help. And, and what your mom had uh, What my I mean, mom had done for years the through the struggling time that right. we had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you just don't, so... And the the bishop said, "Yeah, we'll help you. You know, what do you ever, you know?" Mm -hmm. And then they don't answer the phone call. But by this time, I had already gone. I had already started to go to a Christian church and oh. started to just dive into um, something that uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. I had had enough mm. of the empty hole, and. Um, oh. And was your I had actually, I had actually asked my, at that time we had knew that this divorce was kind of imminent, so we uh -huh. went to the local Christian church and just started to try hmm. to uh, figure it all out. Did and, the kids go with you? Uh huh. Yeah. Most, yeah some of the times they went, yeah. and um, as probably two years went by, and it kind of just fell apart, but I kept going, mm. and. Um, Falling apart, you mean your marriage? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, it, it fell apart pretty good. And um, I committed to walking into an uncomfortable situation because Christianity was very uncomfortable to... to so different than... It was so different. Than you expect. I, and it was really strange because out in California, me and my mom and my uh, brothers and sisters went out there for a brief, I think it was six months or a year or something, and my mom, <laughs> she didn't just get help from the Mormon church. She went to Catholics. She went to, uh -huh. one time we walked into a Hare Krishna place and ate. And yeah. it was this dancing and tambourines. And it was a little strange, very strange. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's go eat. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I kind of felt like maybe that's what the Christian church was like. And um, uh, after it fell apart, you know, my divorce or marriage fell apart. Um, I was broken, oh, Lord. Um, completely broken. My whole life was ripped. Yeah. And there you were with three kids. No, my daughter was was eighteen at the time. My oh. my uh, she had uh, actually been married and out oh. on her own at the time. Mm -hmm. I had a ten year old son and a, a seven six, seven-year-old yeah. uh, boy at the time. So I had two children, and um, I just committed. I just committed to feeling uncomfortable yeah. because I knew what I had had, and I knew that my history was not something I wanted. Mm. And I knew that it, that, that it left a hole. And so 
I think out of obedience, I just committed to just learning and just paying attention, something I hadn't done. <laughs> and um, But you felt broken to, I to explain that. I was completely broken. More. I mean, you just felt um, totally... Nothing I had experienced in life up to that point was... Everything was in question. Yeah. Everything I had ever experienced, I had to re-question everything to keep a grounding because I was... It was so. It was such an upheaval uh, at that time that um, my house was taken, my children were taken, oh. my everything was was in question. Looking back, do you think God was oh trying to show, <laughs> trying to give you he some was, lessons? He was. He was at the center of it all. Yeah. And the first thing he walked me through, I walked into a. Valley Assembly Church over in 47 in um, Bangor, and I had committed to just going and experiencing it, um, questioning everything. I mean, I was paying attention this time. <laughs> I hadn't paid attention for 35 years. I was going to pay attention, yeah. and if this wasn't some that was going to uh, give me that joy and that peace yeah. and the love, then I was out of there too. Yeah. So you did trust God. I mean, you knew that there was something out there that you, or at least you felt like you needed something. I had questions that needed to be answered. Yeah. I had a, a totally disrupted life at that point, and I wasn't just going to accept anything. I was going to question <laughs> every detail yeah. of, of the experiences that I'd had. And um, they did a kind of a congregational leading of whoever you know wanted to raise their hand and accept accept the Lord Jesus Christ and I and I just raised my hand and I said I, I want him in my life and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior that day huh? that day born again and uh, I'm not going to say it changed overnight, yeah. but I knew that I was not going to be the same. That I changed. knew that he was not going to leave me with what I had. Yeah, you'd never felt that previously, obviously. I never church. felt anything like it. Yeah. I never experienced anything like it. Wow. And I kept going in and out of this obedience, just. I heard heard the word of God, and you know I was listening, and my ears were open, and my eyes were open. My mouth needed to be shut because sometimes you say and do things from the old life that yeah. uh, are contrary to what He wants you to do. But He walked me first through a deep forgiveness, first of myself. And that of everybody, everybody around me, everybody that ever did anything yeah. contrary to him. Well, when you feel that, we call that grace. Do you feel that, the grace of God, Complete. the gift that he's given to you? Complete. And ever, it's ever-bearing. Yeah. It never stops. It's always flowing. It's always, it's constant. I had never experienced... A constant in my life, yeah. ever places I'd lived, um, 
it was just, it was always constantly moving. And the minute I accepted him, yeah. he overflowed. He, <laughs> he planted me right next to, uh, there's a scripture that talks about the Word of God is like an ever-flowing river. It's like a tree planted that is always constantly being fed, being fed by, by that water. And he planted you there. Planted me there. <laughs> he planted me there, and it was it's like kind of ironic that I say that because he put me in a church. I went moved from the Valley Assembly, and he put me in a church called the River of Life. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> how poetic! And it also. was it, it it is so. It is so God. It's it's just unbelievable, and He is such a comedian to me. It's <laughs> I can look at it back and oh my Lord, what did you do? How did you do that? And it was, it's just been. So, so do you think you went through all these experiences to appreciate what this what this I experience know I did. was? Yeah. I did not appreciate anything. Yeah. I I can look back and I I had sarcasm and I had this root of bitterness and I had this I had this root of judgment and I had I had all those things and I of course didn't see that then yeah. but I can look back and oh my goodness I had just such wretchedness inside and it and um, he he has filled me with joy he has filled me with peace. Yeah. N- doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter anything that's going on outside. You know, I know, and and I can root myself in His Word, in His deed, in His works, in His His life. His grace. If I his, look at mine alone without His, yeah. I am I am nothing. There is nothing, nothing good, right. nothing. It even you know, minute doesn't minute doesn't go by that I don't think a thought that. You know, praise God. Huh? Yeah, praise God. <laughs> and as a Latter Day Saint, at the introduction of the show, I always say that we're leaving the religion of Mormonism, which is a structure and Joseph Smith's uh, mm-hmm. gospel, basically, coming to a personal relationship with Jesus. And you're explaining that this is what happened to you. It is. In a it more, is definitely in such what a happened. personal way. He comes to you individually. Yeah. And he walks in your life. I, I, I look at myself as a Samaritan woman, uh, of which Jews have nothing to do with. <laughs> and he met me at the well. He was waiting for me at the well. I am a wretched soul. He can see my innermost thoughts, deeds, and actions. Can't hide from him. Can't hide from him. Can't, <laughs> right. can't, uh, I can't cover him up. Right. Um, I can't be righteous in my wrongdoings anymore. No. I'm and, good. Um, And I have I have grown to love him, but it won't even compare to what he's already loved me. Yeah. And I'm actually a, still a member of record. I haven't. I've uh, attempted three times to take my name LDS off. The Church. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I don't. I, I think maybe the first two times I attempted, I didn't really see a significance in it. I think I just followed. You know, wanted to follow, but. Yeah. But um, I I by learning and studying. Um, it is vital to them. Well, what else know. has happened in your life? Uh, you, this relationship with Jesus, I'm thinking kind of of the Bible. You mentioned that you were, probably hadn't spent much time in the Bible as a Latter-day Saint. Uh, do you study the Bible now? Um, definitely. Yeah. I, um, 
I still have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, but I have multiple translations, multiple. <laughs> uh, I have a, there's, there's a wealth of God's word yeah. in my heart and in my head. And um, I just sit down and I read, and mostly John. Um, Isn't it amazing how that opens up? It's totally amazing. It's yeah. like, how did I know this wasn't here for so many years? You know, yeah. um, <laughs> and what have I missed out on? Yeah, but, what have I missed? But again, out the on. contrast: what you've had to go through to be broken, and then mm -hmm. to be born again of the Spirit. Uh, what a wonderful experience! I think it's, you know, for me, I guess it's the only thing I see. Yeah, but. Um, for people that struggle with attempting to try to be perfect and worthy and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I completely stopped that right at the beginning. I didn't even try. And they'll never make it. Try. Because no, they we're won't. all sinners. Mm -hmm. We all fall short. Well, you've got just a minute or so to, what do you, what do you say to the Latter-day Saints who might be listening tonight? Um, well, first of all, I just want to say to anybody that's ever known me, um, has had ever any interaction with me whatsoever except Jesus Christ for who he is. Learning him and know who he is and just accept his, his work as the finished work and open up your Bible. Crack, up, crack open that Bible. It will fill you up um, completely. It will... Love will take over. Love I can say. There'll be a distinct difference, won't there, between, totally. between what you'd experienced before and mm -hmm. this relationship with Jesus. You're happily married now. To totally. A, we'll be meeting this uh, your husband next week, and uh, we look forward to hearing his story. But uh, I appreciate you coming, Teresa. Thanks so much. And I know there are a lot of people that will relate to your story because uh, uh, they go through challenges and struggles in the church. Appreciate you joining us. We'll see you next week. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Mm -hmm.